Happy New Year and welcome back to the Future Skills Podcast. My guest this week is Liam Walker from Intelligent Charging Systems. We're diving into the EV sector and we're also going to be finding out from Liam a little bit more about the ICS charge points. Hi Liam, welcome to the Future Skills Podcast. Hi Dan, thanks for having me. Great to have you on and thank you very much for joining us for our first podcast of 2022. Uh, we've been working with yourselves quite closely now at Intelligent Charging Systems for quite a while in the EV sector. And it's really important for us to get you on uh, to look at that EV sector, what's coming up this year and what's been happening so far. So how are things going at ICS? Uh, very well, thank you, Dan. Yeah, Happy New Year to, to all the listeners out there. Yeah, it's going great. Uh, we finished 2021 very, very strongly. Um, it's been great that we've managed to put ourselves in a position whereby we're being mentioned in the same breath as some of the more established uh, EV charging brands out there. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's only a positive. And, uh, of course, 2022 brings uh, further uh, key points on the roadmap for us as ICS in terms of what we're able to offer. So uh, we're hoping that the, the success we've had last year, that can continue into this year and beyond. Yeah, we had some discussions with a few guests last year on the podcast and the way it was described to me, I don't know if you would agree, is that we're about, I don't know, 10% into the, the roadmap of EV. Um, it's very sort of just sort of getting kicked off and started. Would you agree with that? Are we, are we a little bit further now? or is this no, the, well, the I, no, I, Yeah, I, th I think it's a very valid point. I really do think we've only scratched the surface and, and, and you're probably as best placed, Dan, than anybody to, to talk about... Um, you know, what contractors have, have opened up their horizons to in terms of the kind of service provision they're looking to offer. And I'm, I'm sure you're seeing a trend at your centre that suggests that the demand for people to become qualified to install EV chargers is, is, is only growing. And uh, I think that's reflective uh, uh, you know, of the industry in general. I think the UK's road to zero strategy has, has had to be revised, such as, you know, such has been the, the, the uptake and demand for uh, both electric vehicles and, and an, an improvement in the existing EV charging infrastructure. So, yeah, it's very exciting. I do think we've, we've very much only scratched the surface and, uh, you know, long may, long may this interest and demand continue. Yeah, we're certainly seeing in the centre, um, generally December and January for training have always been quiet amongst people start to, you know, close down for Christmas and sort of gear up the next year by sort of February, March time. But, They've been really busy months for us nationwide and in the training centre as well, specifically on EV um, and some smart metering stuff as well, which uh, is, is sort of where we, we started out our training journey. Um, but it looks like it's going to be a, a really exciting year this year for EV. There's some changes coming up in the in the grant system, the government grants, isn't there, with OLEV? Yeah, the... the, the... It's it's always evolving, and um, yeah, there's as you, as you quite rightly say, there has been some 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 changes that are due to be you know come into play later this year. Um, a revision of the the home charging scheme grant, I believe, which as you know currently stands at three hundred and fifty pounds towards the purchase and installation of a of a grant worthy charge point. So it'll yeah. be interesting when that does come to, to an end, um, end of March, beginning of April, and um, be interested to see whether there's a bit of a mad rush for people who are looking to switch to a plug-in vehicle to, you know, benefit from that grant support um, prior to it disappearing. And 
and yeah, there's uh, talk of a, a new grant coming on board where where landlords may get access to uh, grant support in order to have a, a a charge point installed at one of their properties for for tenants, which is you know something that's new and exciting. So I'm sure there'll be many landlords out there that are looking to ensure that their properties are, are future proof for their both their current and future tenants. And uh, yeah, we're certainly seeing the the demand than for workplace-based uh, charging provision increase and a lot of workplaces uh, continue to benefit from the available workplace grant that's uh, on offer from OZEV. So, yeah, it's uh, it, like I said, it's uh, evolving constantly and it'd be interesting to see how things develop moving forward. With the grants, one thing that always surprises me, um, maybe just because we deal with it quite a lot like yourselves, when I speak to contractors or electrical companies that have you know installation teams, they're just not aware about the grants still. And, and we feel as if you know, they've been there for a few years now. Um, there's definitely a, a lack of education in the electrical industry. Have, have you found that um, with, with some of the people that, that you deal with, electrical contractors, not knowing about the grants um, and what's available? Yeah, un, un, undeniably. And, and the grant and anything related to the grant process is, is certainly something that contractors are quite open and, and willing to articulate that they don't have all the answers or they're unsure or they've heard this and they've heard that and you are quite right it's quite surprising the number of contractors who aren't uh, aren't aware of the grant at all and um you know also in addition to not knowing about the grant maybe knowing about the grant and being fearful of it because they've been told by a friend in the industry that you know it's quite a complicated process and everybody's time is precious as you know dan so Sometimes, you know, I've, I've, you know, as opposed to talking about the products and what we can, what we can offer, it's, I've actually spent extended time talking about uh, the grant process and, and perhaps signposting them to uh, providers out there who can support contractors with the the, the grant process, such as a, a an EV comply who I know you, you know, you've worked with closely in the past and present. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's um, it is quite concerning because I, you know, I do, I do think the information could be. A little bit more readily available and a little bit clearer to understand and that has seemed to have naturally developed into part of the process for my role within the industry educated when educating contractors yeah we saw the same thing in smart metering when that sort of got started i know ev's been going a while and you can really take it back almost 10 years ago um even longer probably but in smart metering when that got started industry really needed to come together at a stage where there just wasn't enough education about why to get a smart meter and, and the benefits it has and, and why somebody would need to be dual fuel to fit it and the requirements. And it feels as if we're at that stage now because people yeah. will come to us sometimes and ask, how do I get one of these installed? How do I you know, obtain the grant funding? Does the customer does that? Does the electrician get that? And um, like you say, it could be a lot easier to, to understand. EV Comply, I'm glad you mentioned them. It's something that we include within our training. Um, so that people have got that additional support because contractors sometimes they're on their own out there and really have yeah, nowhere absolutely. to turn and it's definitely a great uh, support function they've got with EV compliance something that we do use in the training um, what would you be what would your advice be Liam to contractors that are just a little bit unsure about EV and and really at the moment their approach is just going to a wholesaler and and buying a charge point and, and making the best yeah. of it well it's difficult to comment for what well, if it was referring to perhaps manufacturers support Dan I mean that it's difficult to comment on on, on the the level of support other manufacturers can offer but certainly from an ICS perspective I'd like to think that um that, that my colleague my, myself and my colleagues in both technical and sales have got a 
a level of understanding of what frustrations contractors do encounter and as such are able to to advise them or and or signpost them so I do regularly signpost contractors towards the the EV comply platform and you know just even in some cases if it's for the contractor to rule out that maybe at this initial stage when they're first dipping the toe into EV charge point installations it might not quite be the service for them but they can see it definitely be something they would access in six eight nine twelve months down the line when they're becoming a lot more you know, prominent with their their EV charge point installs. So, um, yeah, from a in terms of what advice I would I would offer to contractors, you know, don't be shy in terms of asking yourselves. Obviously, as a, as a training provider and and the manufacturer's products uh, that you're choosing to work with for a little bit of uh, guidance. Naturally, from from our perspective, let's hope it's ICS that they're reaching out to, of course. But um, you know, again, a number of times that the, the team at EV Comply have been more than willing to to perhaps show. Uh, demos to contractors who are intrigued or have a phone call or a, a team's call to explain what EV Comply can offer. And, and as I said, in a lot of cases, yes, the, the contractor does decide, you know what, this sounds perfect for me. But there are definitely been some cases where the contractor's gone, you know what, that was really useful. Thank you for your help. But at the moment, I'm perhaps not quite ready for EV Comply. I'm just going to continue yeah. to fit as and when I'm, I'm, I'm approached. And then as a as I sort of jump in at the deep end in the future, then uh, I can definitely be something that I see it being something I access more regularly. And what about your products, Liam, at ICS? Mm. Um, how does it work? What, what are the benefits of it? How would you, uh, yeah. how would you explain it to the listeners? Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a good question. And it's one I get asked regularly also, how does your co- product compare to, you know, and I often get asked about certain products in the market and, and, you know, there's, one thing I, I do say regularly is, uh, I, you know, th- there are some fantastic products out there on the market, Dan, and I'm not a competitor basher at all. And I think those contractors who have done the due diligence, they they kind of already come to you with an understanding of, yeah. well, I know this product can do this. I know your product can do can do that. I'm just asking whether it can also do X, Y, and Z. I've seen this product and it's perhaps not quite suitable for what we're looking for as a, as a, as a electrical contracting company. Um, but, but where we've had a, a lot of success, uh, Dan, is uh, our units don't require an earth rod for installation, which has been a big plus point. I know it's that big, other it's a big, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you, obviously that forms, a, uh, I would imagine that forms a big, uh, you know, a big uh, topic for discussion on your training courses with your tutors when you've got candidates, um, both at the centre and remotely on your, your city and guilds courses. And <clears throat> I think it's perhaps maybe led to the course delivery evolving somewhat. And I'm sure you'd be able to comment on that. You know, previously they've had units hooked up to test rigs that, that do require an earth rod because, you know, they're kind of sticking to, to, to regs and, and trying to be correct and all above board. But now there are a number of manufacturers out there who are offering these units that have the, the built-in sort of open protection, if you like. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's um, no doubt it's a, it's evolving. What you guys are doing as a, a training provider, it's certainly um, it's certainly changing and evolving the, the the charge point offerings in the market. You know, you've seen a number of manufacturers who historically haven't offered that particular feature who are now coming to market with something. I think you know it's um, you know probably better late than never because ultimately you know you you, you want to see advancements in the industry, and, I, and I'm pretty sure there'll be some manufacturers. And I'd like to think ourselves included that consider that they're driving competitor innovation and whilst that might be seen as a negative I actually see it as the complete opposite I see that as a positive and um, we've certainly took inspiration from some successful products out there while sprinkling a bit of our own ICS stardust on what we have to offer and uh, yeah so 
that's certainly a key feature. We've we've recently added solar compatibility All right. to our our range as well, which is something that um, is quite exciting because uh, obviously there's a number of, of of consumers out there who who have benefited from having solar panels on their roof and, and wish to benefit from you know incorporating any any you know spare solar generated power towards supplementing their electric vehicle charge both domestically and commercially. So. That was a feature that we was keen to add, and unfortunately, we have that now. We also think Dan, that that might, um, you know, that might put us in good stead moving forward because, I, you know, I, we we wouldn't be very surprised to see a resurgence in, in demand for solar, particularly as the as the uh, demand for electric vehicle um, increases, because I think a number of customers see synergies between having an electric vehicle and, of course, having solar on their roof. So it was a a feature that we was very keen to to implement. And uh, as such, we, we've done so. So yeah, they're they're two very very prominent uh, features that we offer. But uh, but in addition to that, we, we found that kind of by accident, really. We we initially set out to be very focused on the workplace market, and and it just transpired that we we had products that were also very suitable for for the domestic market as well. We've got a, a you know multiple methods of of load management, which is a big feature that contractors yeah. welcome. Yeah. Um, so we have I've, I've, we have two or three different methods of load management. We have pay-for-use capabilities on all of our uh, smart units, uh, and as I'm sure you can imagine, you, know, you guys are, you know, you, you, you're you're near to you know Leeds, for example, which is a, a busy, bustling hub, and and the demand for EV charging in city centres and workplaces for staff perhaps who, who aren't capable of having an EV charger at their home is going to be key. So having having a, a, a you know sophisticated back-end platform that can monitor individual driver needs or, or, or usage you can you can provide pay for use charging and also you know manage loads where there's maybe concern that there's only a limited amount of spare capacity on a site so yeah that's that's been a, a real big plus point for ourselves and feedback we're getting is has been you know pleasing and aesthetics as well you know aesthetics is something that's a very subjective opinion Dan of course but um You've certainly seen the evolution of EV chargers, and you know, it, you know, in your time as general manager at the at the centre there, and you, you've had an array of EV chargers enter the centre, and you've probably seen firsthand how they're beginning to evolve and and, and improve aesthetically. Absolutely. And, you know, one thing that I think we we you know both on our our twin socketed units and our single socket units, one thing that seems pretty consistent is that aesthetically they're they're quite pleasing, and that our chargers match. Kind of the these aesthetics of these, you know, these costly electric vehicles, um, you know, and, and ultimately, if you're investing significant amount of money on a, on purchasing one of these uh, electric vehicles, you perhaps want a charger that matches matches the quality of the vehicle. So that's been that's been a consistent bit of feedback as well. And also, that I think you know, the charger needs to match the house. Sometimes there's nothing worse than pulling up to a house, and you know, we've had the feedback before from customers that well, contractors from a customer to say that they don't particularly like the way this particular charge point looks. And I think, like you said, the look is really important and the feel of it. And they're paying a lot for these charges and they're going to be using them a hell of a lot and looking at it a hell of a lot. And um, I know yours come with a lot of smart features as well. Um, I've, I've had a test and play around with the app, actually, which is yeah. good. And you can you can take it off so nobody else can charge it and you can start it. You can schedule it for certain times. And um, I've been quite impressed with the app, actually. I was having a play around with it in the training centre. Um, so that's good. It's, it's interesting you mentioned about the renewable link because um, I'll leave them unnamed, but I spoke to my energy provider this week. Um, I'm, I'm just about to move to an EV vehicle uh, this yeah. week and I was looking at their EV 
tariff. And obviously there's a massive crisis within the energy sector at the moment. And I was staggered to hear that my standard rate tariff is going to increase um, from 15 pence a kilowatt to 35 pence a kilowatt in just three months time. And that was sort of the best offer they could give me. Um, And really in terms of EV, I know last year there was lots of offers before the crisis really kicked off, but they could only really give me a reduction of five uh, pence per unit for EV. Um, and they just said they'd pick up when it was charging because of the kilowatts it was pulling from the home. So that renewable link's going to be really important because getting that electricity back for free and then being able to charge your car, I know it's going to take some time to get that right. And it's not a case of, you know, you're going to get loads of renewable energy that will make it work straight away, but it's certainly going to help people save money. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think you make a, a very valid point, Dan, in terms of energy su- suppliers prior to the, the, the recent issues that, that, have, that have been widely publicised. They're recognising the, the EV driver as a, as a target audience in terms yeah. of uh, attracting new customers. And, and there was, I think the majority of them now were, are off, were offering some very favourable rates particularly for, you know, sort of off-peak charging in, in, you know, between sort of midnight and the, you know, the early hours of the, of the morning to, you know, try and attract the, the EV driver over to, over to their, you know, to, to their tariffs. And, 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 and I know a lot of energy providers had a lot of success with that. And perhaps unfortunately at the moment, perhaps, you know, limited and, and restricted by what's going on uh, across the country, you know, I'm sure they'll hope that things start to settle and balance out once again, whereby they, again, can can target this thriving market of electric vehicle drivers because I've no doubt, you know, they'll all be competing and fighting for, to have the, you know, to have them switch over to their tariff. And, you know, I know, I know numerous people who have got these economy tariffs where they, they charge at a, a, a vastly reduced rate for, for a four or five hour window. And uh, yeah, of course, they, they, you know, that's the beauty of uh, an electric vehicle, Dan, you can you can recharge it and, and, and replenish it whilst it's stationary, on, on, on your driveway, which is something that obviously can't do with an internal combustion engine vehicle. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that, that transpires. And um, I'm sure you'll be one of one of many people who at the moment are looking to see if they can switch to a more favourable tariff with their existing or a new provider. Well, I don't mind releasing, actually, in this podcast that um, we're just about to launch um, solar PV and air source heat pump training um, over this next month or so we've had a lot of demand Excellent. for it but we've been we've been really focused on on smart metering of course and uh, at ev uh, we still do a lot of gas trading as well and, and our nationwide approach but we're really scaling up to that we had a, a target set last year to um be ready to go in q1 and, and we're imminently ready now in a couple of weeks we'll be launching that and um you know it'd be great to have the setup with the solar in the streets in wakefield yeah. at the training center linked up to the charge point so we can show and demonstrate how that works uh, yeah. or at least show it um, so we'll certainly be working with yourselves on that. Um, yeah, no, that sounds that sounds great, and and you know, brilliant that you guys uh, are advancing your service provision as well. That's that's um, obviously testimony to you guys, and, and also an acknowledgement of how the the, the renewables industry is, is is going, isn't it? You know that that's the, that the demand is there for you to be able to provide that type of training. It's coming back because I think people were quite badly bitten by solar at one stage a few years ago. And you mentioned it and people didn't want to hear anymore that oof, we dealt with that before when there was the green grants available and, you know, it sort of went wrong in the end. But it's definitely coming back and we've seen a lot of demand for that. So, um, yeah, like I say, it's, it's certainly coming back to universal skills as well. And it's great to hear that that's available within the ICS charge points. Um, 
what do you think then, Liam, in terms of the changeover from diesel and petrol cars? I'm hearing at the moment that it's one in five uh, electric vehicles have been purchased currently. When do you think we'll get to that sort of 50, 55% of now EV? Do you think we're far away? Will it be this year? Will it be next year? And it's hard to say. What, what's yeah. your opinion on that? Well, I was I was quite interested to take note at the, the recent COP26 um, event just before the end of last year and, and, and paying particular attention to the focus when it did come to, to EV and what have you. Um, I think looking at the stats, I, th- I believe the, the second uh, best-selling car across the whole of the UK for the whole of last year was a full electric vehicle, yeah. uh, which was the Tesla Model 3. Um, so I think that's pretty telling evidence, Dan, in itself that the second best-selling car in the whole country for, a whole, for, the, for the whole of the UK for a whole year was a, a full electric. Um, so I think we're slowly get getting there or, or, or towards you know that that demand in, increasing. I think I think quite a telling one. And you 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 also speak to a number of business car drivers on a regular basis, I'm sure, Dan. And I think I'm I would be very surprised if a number of them haven't mentioned to you that they've seen the the kind of the benefits, if you like, of switching to um a plug-in uh, hybrid or or even better, you know, a full electric. Uh, equivalent, you know, for the company car tax benefits. Absolutely. Of course, you know, some some are quite right to 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 consider that as in 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 essence a, a pay rise of some sort. So you can see why a number of business car drivers are electing to choose to switch from a personal perspective. And of course, from a a company's perspective, it's it's you know it's enhancing their green credentials mm-hmm. uh, as a business, which more and more. You know, more and more common now is a, is is a is a prerequisite and a request from from anybody wishing to do business. They're checking the, the green credentials of, of of those companies that they're looking to work with, and um, you know, they want to know what their mission statements are, their company ethos, etc. And you know, if it's and, and you know, and hoping it's intertwined with what their own mission statements and beliefs are. So, yeah, it, 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 I I think it will improve. I think there's certainly a, a, I think there's definitely a. a a justified concern amongst the general public in terms of the cost down of these electric vehicles. And I think like a lot of new technology that's come previously, I mean, um, you know, I certainly remember when, when flat screen TVs first came out and DVD players and the cost of them was extortionate. And, um, you know, whether, whether it's right to compare because obviously consumer costs for those goods are, are far less than a, than a, a car. But I remember the cost of those when they first came out and, and there wasn't, you know, readily affordable for, you know, for every family. And, and, and such is the case now that you you obviously see them more and more to the point where DVD players are probably close to being redundant, if not so already, yeah, um, due, yeah. to the, yeah, due to digital access. So, but certainly flat screen tellies, you know, they're, they're now uh, affordable. Um, and, and you just hope that the consumer demand is such that they, that these manufacturers can produce um, produce vehicles that don't only, but, you know, at a price point, that doesn't mean they have to, um, compromise on on build quality and, and safety quite quite you know quite importantly I a uh, colleague of mine who who's you know very very clued up in the industry he he drives a, a fully electric vehicle and he was saying that the the new um, version of the vehicle that he drives has now had one of the uh, airbags the passenger uh, airbag removed to try and cut costs and as a result it meant that they scored a incredibly low on the the end cap safety test um, rating so yeah I hope that's um, I hope that's something that's addressed in time because I think that's probably the biggest stumbling block along with 
perhaps um, you know concerns about the the infrastructure and the access to charging provision and you know i'm i'm, I'm fortunate that i i drive a, a tesla and i can benefit from accessing the, the the tesla supercharging network where you know you go to a a site that has Tesla chargers down and invariably they certainly they have multiple chargers or sockets available for you to access, which usually results in, in me being able to access one imminently. You know, I, I go to other sites where there's maybe one or two sockets and in a lot of cases now they're, they're occupied. So it's that's telling evidence towards the demand increasing, whereas previously, even if there's only one or two sockets on a site, you nearly always got access to one. But secondly, the need for you know an increase in infrastructure for sure. So I can understand why there's consumer concerns regards charging infrastructure. But then, you know, if there's access to charge points at the workplace, there's access to a charge point at home, and there's an increasing number of, of these electric charging forecourts that are popping up now. I, I, you know, I think the argument to say that the infrastructure isn't there to support having an electric vehicle charge, I think it's a lot, I think you know, it carries a lot less weight that argument now. Yeah, so you've been on the electrical journey for a while in terms of your vehicle. I'm, I'm just yeah. about to move over to this week, and straight away I've, I was given some advice to download an app called the Zap Map and yeah, just try yeah, to plan out brilliant. different routes and oh, yeah. see, see what's available. You know, it tells you what's free and what what sort yeah. of uh, kilowatts the charger has, so you've got an yeah. idea of how quickly it's going to charge your car. So it's it's just a change of, you know, like you mentioned with the flat screen TVs. I remember when I first moved out of home and dad's house and. Um, I bought one, it was a fortune, but I really wanted it. And now, like you say, they're more than affordable. And the same thing's happening with EVs, they're coming down. Um, and yeah. the, I think the infrastructure has got a lot better um, already, and, and I'm sure it will continue. But yeah, I was surprised with the Zap Map. Any other tips for EV drivers? Yeah, there there's with- um, so similar similar app to Zap Map is PlugShare. That's one that I also use quite prominently, um, along with Zap Map. Uh, very similar um, process in terms of it's basically a, you know a, an app that provides you with with notification of electric vehicle charges wherever you are or wherever you're going. And as you quite rightly put, it gives you information on the cost of those units, which is quite key because some, you know, some networks are, are quite a lot more expensive than others. And the charging speed and the type of connector that's available. And where the positioned as well. So one thing that I quite like about the PlugShare app is that the 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 users on the network down they take pictures when they're on site to show you where the charger is. So oh, that's right. a massive, yeah, it's a massive um, plus point because sometimes you can go to a site when you're looking for a charger, and I've done it, and I'm sure listeners who are driving an electric vehicle have also done the same, and they're driving around, say, a car park, what have you, you know, several times, and you start to get some questionable looks from, from people passing by. Um, but, yeah, the PlugShare app, I quite like the fact that they, they, have, they have pictures attached to the charge point information to actually show you where it is. Um, which idea. is pretty useful. Yeah, so those t- those two apps. I mean, I use both of them on a on a pretty much on a daily basis. In fact, um, you're quite right with the, the the filter option on on the Zap Map is useful in terms of filtering the, the the type of network you're looking for, or whether a charge point is free to use, or there's a you know there's a charge applied. Um, operational hours is key as well because some charges aren't always uh, accessible twenty four seven. Yeah. Um, so that's obviously important. So yeah, good practice. Whenever I speak to somebody like yourself who's who's imminently switching to a an EV, is to get um, get those apps downloaded, get familiar with how they work, and I, I, you know it's just a little bit as well, Danny. It's just an acknowledgement that you might have to slightly change your, your habits a little bit. So you know yeah. if you're you're going to do a journey, you, you know get into the habit of going on your, your the, one of those two apps and 
right, sort of mapping out your journey and saying, right, well, I can stop there for a, a coffee break or I can get charged here and go all the way through without without stopping. And it's just a little bit, you know, it, it's, just being a, it, it's just being malleable to a little bit of, you know, being flexible enough to, to, to adapt to change a little bit. And, um, you know, in, in most cases, when I speak to people who have switched and they, they have this initial range anxiety uh, and they charge at every opportunity because they've used 12 miles and they're worried they're going to run out. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> and this as soon as kind of calms itself down and balances itself out. And ultimately, like everybody who drives a diesel or a petrol vehicle, Dan, you will charge your EV when you need to charge. That's, that's, yeah. that's the crux of it, you know? So, you know, ultimately these people say, well, what if I can never get access to one? Because there'll be plenty of, of, of accessible charge points on the infrastructure and people will ultimately charge when they need to charge. Simple yeah. as that. Well, the plug share is a great shout and uh, I will be downloading that because, yeah, it's, um, I'm looking forward to it actually and uh, I have heard of the anxiety that comes with charging sometimes, but um, yeah, no, I, I think the infrastructure is there and it's just a, it's just a change of behaviour, isn't it? Interestingly, for my sins, I'm a Manchester United fan and um, I'm supposed to be going up to Villa Park uh, at the weekend for the away trip. And uh, I was just looking at the route and thinking, I'll probably need to charge the vehicle on the way back because I'm with the first sort of long outing in it. Um, yeah. But just, you just plan it differently, don't you? So it's just a change yeah. of behaviour and um, looking forward to it. What vehicle are you gone for, Dan? It's a, a Mercedes EQA. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so if you if you sort of pinpoint your, you obviously you'd be parking somewhere near Villa Park. So you know you you'll be given a plethora of charge points that you can access on the way. And yeah. I mean, I don't know. Depending on the the range capability of the vehicle, you know whether you can do there and back. I don't know whether permitting if it, you know if it's cold and you've cut the blowers on, etc. But uh, yeah, yeah, you, you, you know you you you'll be able to find. Multiple charge points that you can access on the way or on the way back that um, that will suffice if you do need to stop off. And the speeds of these charges now as well is quite remarkable because it's you know it's I remember a time when I first drove um, an electric vehicle and I was at a service station Dan for an hour to add 100 miles. It was or, or not even 100 miles, about 90 miles, and I was there really? for an hour at a service station. Yeah, and that was only you know you're talking four years ago, so it wasn't that long ago. And such as it's come such a long way now, and I mean. You'll know Skelton Lakes Services, which is near yeah. you guys. There, and yeah, yeah. They've got the, I live the very Ionity. Close to that. Yeah, well, they've got the Ionity network there, and you know, like you know, with three hundred kilowatt rapid chargers, you know. Wow. And uh, I mean, that it's you know, it's it, you know, it's a convenience charge. So I think that it's important that people recognise that if you're accessing a, a rapid charge, you know, you've got to be prepared to pay a slight premium yeah. for charging because it's it's for that convenience of, of accessing the unit for a short period of time, but. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's quite remarkable what some of the. What would that give you, Dan? Leave in terms of range for you know, arguments sake, fifteen minutes on on that charge. What would it give you? Well, I guess it. I guess it would depend on what your vehicle is capable of taking. Because you know, I mean, I've I've used that uh, the Ionity network twice, and I think I got probably around about the two hundred kilowatt you know mark in terms of my charging rate. Yeah. But you know, in a fifteen minute spell, you. Comfortably adding the best part to you know 200 miles was easy like wow. done and by the time I've gone in the service station nipped to the loo or whatever or returned a few calls maybe got by to eat I was back on the road mate you know so yeah it's it's pretty in, in, impressive but I have to say in, in and around the, um, the the Leeds area I know you you kind of located that way on there's the, the charging infrastructure is very healthy I have to say um, and yeah. and I mean I live uh, I, I live in North East Lincolnshire so I live to the other side of the, the Humber Bridge so. 
the, you know, the, the, the charging infrastructure in comparison is, is a lot less, but um, it's growing. It's certainly growing. And, and, you know, I'm able to charge at home overnight. There are a, a very small number of rapid chargers that I can access. But the, the flip side of living in a quieter part of the country, Dan, is where there's a lot more people driving electric vehicles where you are compared to me. It means there's perhaps not as much of a fight for access to a charger. So you've got yeah. the increased provision sort of in the West Yorks area and, 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 and I've got a reduction, but then there's fewer plug-in vehicle drivers that I have to, you know, compete, you know, compete with for access to a charger. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but the infrastructure is growing all the time. And if you look on those, those apps we mentioned and it, you just ask it to populate the charges, you literally, it's now to the point where you, you're struggling to see any land on the, on the UK map, certainly yeah. North and South of, 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 of the, the Scottish border in particular. I mean, Scotland have got some really good initiatives going on there and their charging infrastructure is getting, getting healthier and healthier. But yeah, you look on the map now, mate, and there's so many charges available now. It's, like I said earlier, the argument to say the infrastructure is not there to support it, I think is becoming a weaker one. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've just had a quick look actually at this bug share whilst you've been speaking and I can see just how many charge points there are, which is great to see. And um, it's been great to have you on, Liam, because what I wanted to do for the first podcast of 2022 is, is really shine the light on EV. Uh, we did it a little bit last year and, you know, it's going to be a bit of a series for this year at points where we, we really look at the hints and tips which you've given a great few here because I wasn't aware of the plug share. So even for myself, it's great. And I'm sure some of the listeners as well with some of the things you've mentioned about charging times and um, there's, there's been some great hints and tips around EV. Just to finish us off here from an ICS point of sure. view, mm. for people that are not aware of who you are and how to get in contact, yeah. want some more information, what's the best way for them to contact um, yourself at ICS? Yeah, sure. So um, we have a web, fully functioning website, which um, you know it's got it, it, as well as product information. Dan, it's also got some useful sort of videos on there. Talks about our backend software platform, what that can offer. Has the ability for installers to become an approved ICS installer with us, uh, amongst other things. So that website is www.intelligentchargingsystems.co.uk. And, you know, if there is anybody, Dan, that does want to just engage in some dialogue with, with myself, I mean, I, I don't mind um, being contacted via email. So my email address is liam.walker at a division. That's the letter A followed by the word division.co.uk. And if anybody just wants to ask any questions following um, this, you know, this, this uh, pod, listening to this podcast, more than happy to, you know, get into a conversation with somebody to, you know, maybe just give them a few few bits of information that might be useful to them. Yeah, we'll be tagging it. We'll, we'll tag you on LinkedIn if that's okay. And, it, and perhaps if anyone's yeah, got any sure. questions, they can, can drop them in the comments. We'll also be going out on, on Spotify, Apple playlists, uh, sorry, Apple podcasts and um, and YouTube as well, but we'll definitely be on LinkedIn. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we're, on, we're, on, we're on all those platforms as well, Dan. So we've got, we have got a YouTube channel. It's got a couple of uh, useful, well, it's got a quite a useful FAQ video on there for a lot of contractors tend to ask similar yeah. questions so we put together a useful FAQ video on our YouTube channel and, and likewise we're on we're on uh, link we have our LinkedIn uh, you know uh, page as well and what have you so please by all means listeners do uh, you know follow us and and, and uh, you know it'd be good to get some interaction uh, going excellent well Liam thanks very much for taking uh, the time out of your day to join the podcast today have a great 2022 and I'll catch up with you soon no problem Dan it's been a pleasure thank you very much Thanks for tuning in to the latest episode of the Future Skills podcast, where we had a little look further into the EV sector and also the things that ICS are doing. Big thanks to our guest this week, Liam Walker from Intelligent Charging Systems.